0: What's going on, man? Hey, big baby Jonathan, what's happening, you guy? Not much, man. Uh, You ready to get this thing started? Let's roll. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, big baby Jonathan here. Welcome to the Big Baby Jonathan Sports Podcast Show. Welcome to the show. Got a very special guest. I got the real sign guy. You may see him at Laker games all year long. What's going on,
1: sign guy? Hey, big baby Jonathan, what's up to you and Laker Nation?
0: Not much, man. I'm trying to figure out what coach we're going to get. And speaking of that, what coach do you want? Tyron Lue, Monty Williams, or Jawan Howard? Luke Walton. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: if I had my druthers, I'd probably, of course, go with Monty because uh, he's not only a coach that, um, that can take you to the playoffs, he's got a relationship with uh, not only LeBron, but other players outside of LeBron. So I think that he would be a, a, a bait to try to bring in some other players to, to the team.
0: Yeah, man, to be honest, I think Tyronn Lue would be a good fit because he knows LeBron, he knows how to coach him, and Tyronn Lue would get Lonzo to play a little bit better because Luke Walton didn't, like, motivate his guys enough. You know what I mean? Like,
1: Ty- Tyronn Lue would do that. You know, Big Baby, I, I really disagree with you. I think that uh, – okay. That Luke really uh, – I think that he really did get his players to play right to the last game of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember correctly, we lost at the Buzzards, Portland Trailblazers, and Portland played their full team because they were looking for playoff um, uh, uh, seating. Uh-huh. So they were playing their full team. They had uh, Damian Lillard on the court, and they had Enos Cantor on the court, and they had uh, McCollum on the court, and they were trying their best to beat us. And at the very end of the game, and the last shot of the game, they had enough to to come through with a buzzer beater. And,
0: yeah, I remember that Mo Harkless wide open.
1: Absolutely. Well, he wasn't as open as you think. He got he got to the corner and he took that shot right in front of yeah. me. But uh, it was uh, it was definitely oh, it, it, that one hurt. I, I did yeah. not want to lose that game.
0: Yeah, me neither, man. This season has been like the most ups and downs I've ever faced. You, you how long have you been a Laker fan for?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I, I became a Laker fan when I moved out from New York in 1991. So that's when uh, Vlade Divac and Magic were still on the team with uh, Sedell Threat and Jason and, and Worthy. And um, later that season, uh, Magic had retired because um, you know we all know the history of that. Yeah, yeah. And um, I really fell in love with Eddie Jones and Van Exel and, and Eldon Campbell and Cedric Sabalos. That was my that was my favorite team. I really enjoyed watching that team that never won. You know, the, the my favorite team that never won. That would be the one. You know, because mm-hmm. I just I always felt that we could have been something special, but um, history showed a, a different direction.
0: Yeah, I became a Laker fan in two thousand and one. When I uh, two thousand one two thousand two was when Robert Orri hit that shot in Sacramento.
1: That's when I fell in love with the Lakers. Yeah, I was at that game, and I've had time to uh, to talk to everybody involved with that play. I've spoken to Shaq about that play, Kobe about that play, Bob Ori about making that shot, uh, Vlade Divac about pounding that ball out, and uh, it was uh, one of the more historic moments. It was probably the one moment uh, that gave me the biggest shock and thrill uh, at, at that particular time. I've seen... Bigger moments in the Laker history, you know, being in Game uh-huh. Seven for the, for the, you know, in the eighty-one point game, but seeing that shot go down, uh, that place erupted. It was like the loudest I had ever heard it in my life.
0: Yeah, man, that's just crazy, man. Lakers are do, doing not so good, man. So uh, another question for you, man. Uh, what do you want the Lakers to do in the off season, like to get better as a team? Trade their young assets for Anthony Davis. Keep their assets and get Kevin Durant, or get Kevin Durant.
1: Well, um, <laughs> that's a lot of that, That's an awful lot of stuff, right there. You, but I'll I'll go from the top. No, I, I don't want to see them um, go for Anthony Davis. I love Anthony Davis, and and he's a transcendent talent. And when I've spoken spoken to Stephen A. Smith in the past, he thinks that I'm absolutely out of my mind. He would trade. You know, everybody, me, Jeannie, bus, and, and, and the statues outside in order to get yeah, in, it. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith needs to stay off the wheel on that on that one. Exactly. You know, we've already made our mistakes. You know, it shows that, you know, the D-load uh, didn't work out too much for us. And letting uh, Randall go, he, he's now uh, uh, going to be an all-star going forward. Um, you know, and, and this is, you know, I think that letting Zubots go last year was another error. Um, uh trading Lou Williams away for a pick that that became Josh Hart. I mean, I love Josh Hart, but let's face it Lou Williams is Lou Williams is the the best six man I've ever seen in my life. So Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, just I don't know why like like
0: for example, like why is everybody bashing Genie Buss? I met her in person. She's very humble, nice, outgoing. Um people need to stop bashing her, you know what I mean? Like I know the last six seasons hasn't been good, but they're panicking off of one bad season with LeBron. We're going to get it together. Why do you think Laker fans are bashing Jeannie Buss?
1: They shouldn't be. Jeannie Buss is one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever met in my life as far as the Lakers are concerned. She's been in the Laker hierarchy for an awfully long time. Uh, I thought that her brother Jim uh, got a a pretty bad rap also being run out of town uh, the way he got ran out. Um, he made a lot of very, very savvy moves for us in the past that were, you know, proven, uh, championship pieces that led to championship victories and, 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 and banners on the wall while he was at the helm. Um, but he did make a lot of mistakes and he wasn't as hands on, I guess, as they wanted. And the, the, the inner circle is a a very, um, uh, very, uh, a complex circumstance where Genie was the boss and and uh, uh, Jim was supposed to run the organization. And you know the, he got off to a, a, a shaky start, and, and then he made a couple of really bad moves, signing Lou El Dang and and Mozgov. And that I move was, right there felt panicked, to be honest. Well, it's, it's it, he just wanted to sign somebody. He had money in his in his pocket. And it was burning a hole in his pocket. He couldn't. He couldn't hold on. He thought that he had to suspend it. But it was twelve oh one when that happened. The
0: first night of free agency. I, I literally, when I saw my phone, when Morgan asked you to it, I threw my. I threw my phone. Yeah, I got threw well, my phone.
1: I remember when we hired Mike D'Antoni. I was there in the. I was in in, in the room when they made that decision to 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 bring in D'Antoni, um over. Uh, Phil Jackson. And that was the one when I wanted to throw a phone, you know, so um, yeah. My,
0: Mike D'Antoni that doesn't know how to coach. We
1: all agree on that. But remember we hired Mike D'Antoni. Okay. With the knowledge that we had a trade in place to bring in Chris Paul instead of, you know, for Lamar Odom and, 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 um, and uh, Pal Gasol and that would have changed the landscape. Can you imagine if Kobe and uh, Chris Paul were in the same backcourt? <sighs> that would—I think Kobe would be still playing today. Well, uh, I don't know if he'd still be playing today, but he definitely would have had another ring or two. And you know that was—you know—David Stern that derailed our our hopes and dreams. Not Jim Buss. Uh, yeah. Had that trade gone through, I think that <laughs> Jim Buss is still in charge of the Lakers today, and we win another couple of rings and. And Jeannie and Jimmy are still, you know, the Bus family uh, running the organization. So, yeah, um, you know, there's another there's another executive that people don't talk about in the Bus family, uh, who's done a tremendous job, and his name is Jesse Bus. Yep. Now Joey Bus does a great job with the uh, the Defenders and the G League, um, but as far as although uh, they called the South Bay Lakers, they're not called the Defenders anymore. Um, uh, but as far as, uh, um, uh, executives that have really earned their keep, I think mm-hmm. that Jesse bus being in charge of scouting and the picks that he's made and the talent that he's brought year in and year out for years after years, which is not an easy task. And let me tell you something. I know that that young man travels, he goes by himself and he goes all over the country watching college players and picking the right people. I mean, um, you know, he he deserves a great deal of credit, and I and I I'm one to definitely uh, give it to him because where where credit is deserved, you should you should definitely uh, throw it in that direction. And Jesse Buss has done a great job. So yeah, he today, does. I, I, I see someday, his Instagram. I he's going to get a bigger pos- position in the in the uh, organization. Guy, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're good. I see his
0: Instagram. He'd be posting stuff at colleges and stuff. He does put the work in. There's reports that he went to the interview with Monty Williams. Genie Buss and Linda Rambis and all that and how come they don't want to just give the basketball pay vibrations to Jesse they should give him a chance you know what I mean
1: that'd be kind of interesting to see uh, I'd love to see that I'm all for that uh, 100% and I think that someday you will see it down the road I, I, I it might be that he's just still in his 20s uh-huh. just feel that he just is not going to get you know um, he might you know, run up against some resentment being as young as he is you know dad's team and all that kind of stuff but Uh, That guy is a a worker and a very, very basketball savvy young man. I'll tell you that right now. I've known him since he's a a teenager, since he's maybe even before he's a teenager. I've known that kid for a long time, and he's smart. So you're pretty close with the Bus family, right? Yeah, I get along with uh, many of them. I've never met Johnny Bus, but I get along with Joey. I get along great with Janie. I get along with Jeannie and Jesse and uh, Joey. And uh, we all, uh, whenever we uh, meet each other or see each other, we're always extraordinarily cordial and, and, and spend time in a conversation with one another. Absolutely. That's cool, man. But, yeah, so a lot, a
0: lot of people, like ESPN, saying LeBron's a bad teammate. You experience the games live. Do you see that on the court? Do you see LeBron being a leader?
1: Hmm. Uh, I've seen some of the greatest leaders in Laker history. Um, I've seen, uh, players that took on leadership roles that I didn't expect to take on leadership roles. Um, as far as LeBron is concerned, look, he walks to the, to the beat of his own drum and, uh, we just uh, sit there and marvel at his talent and his drive to win. He does definitely want to win when he's on the court. There's no doubt. Um, Uh, it's a different kind of a mentality. It's not exactly, I wouldn't call it a Mamba mentality where he wants to just annihilate and crush and defeat everybody that's in front of him single-handedly. He uh, is more of a ball distributor, and uh, I think that he likes to let his play do the talking for him um, rather than being a rah-rah guy in the locker room.
0: Yeah, and uh, also, why do people at ESPN... First take, like to create fake drama and gossip. Just, I don't oh know. I just feel like Lakers are in the media every day about some. Like, there's a lot of fake news out there. Speaking of that, um, there's a report that just came out. Agents and general managers describe Linda Radmus as Lakers' side, shadow owner. Do you agree with that, or do you like? Do you think that's a possibility or no?
1: I know that that Mrs. Rambus is one of the most cordial, wonderful, sweet women I've ever met in my life. She's a, a doll. Um, I doubt very much that she has that much to do with the day-to-day operation. She uh, is Jeannie Buss' closest friend from what I, I can see, from what I understand. I'm not that close to the organization to be able to make comments like that. But I will tell you this. If you meet Mrs. Rambis, you'll know right away she's a warm, ingratiating, wonderful woman.
0: Uh, it's, yeah, man. It's interesting to see because a lot of people are, like, blaming her for the decisions that Jeannie's making or, like, Lakers. Just like, like I- I'm down to give her a chance. You know what I mean? Like, she's doing what she, she, she's in the NBA for a reason. She's great at what she
1: does. So, Laker fans need to give her a chance. You know what I mean? I to tell you, I, to, again. I'm telling you, I don't know what her role is outside of Jeannie Bus's best friend. I don't know what kind of decision making she's making, but I will tell you this: her husband Kurt has been around the game now for decades, and and has been around some of the biggest organizations in the sport at the top level um i'm sure that uh and also his best friend happens to be a guy named phil jackson no yeah oh uh you know if if phil and uh and and kurt and mrs rambus and genie are sitting around talking basketball that's a really in-depth conversation that i'd love to be part of the conversation and listen to what they're talking about because they have forgotten uh, more than I'll ever know about the sport of basketball. So who are we to 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 talk about you know some of the real legends of the game like yeah. Kurt Rambis and Phil Jackson and, and Phil Jackson? But what I
0: don't get, like I'm a big time Laker fan. Some Laker fans I talk to are mad that he's in the uh, Kurt Rambis is in the front office and. Like, I don't know why people get so angry at Kurt Rambis. But what they, were, they weren't saying anything when he was assistant coach, though. A lot of Laker fans didn't say anything when he was assistant coach. But now, since he's running the front office, it's it's like, I don't know, Laker fans be sometimes be up and down. They're like flip-flop sometimes, you know what I mean?
1: Well, the next time these uh, guys that you're talking about, these pundits that like to talk and chattering monkeys... Uh, you know, the net, whenever they get themselves on 3 or $4 billion, feel free to try to make an offer to buy the team and they can make all the decisions they want.
0: Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I, I tell them that. I'm like, why don't, you, why don't you put your money in your mouth? This man, buy the team if you're talking all that nonsense. No, I mean-
1: exactly. It, it, and that's exactly what it is. Believe me, they are brilliant people. They know what they're doing. Um, and uh, I, I in, in bus, I trust. How's that?
0: Yep, I totally agree with you. But I want to thank you for coming on, man. On my podcast, do you want to give your uh, Twitter a shout out so they can follow you?
1: Hey, I want you all to follow me. I I try to be as uh, as uh, open to the fans as I possibly can be. My uh, Twitter handle is the Real Sign Guy One, the Real Sign Guy One, and the Number One. And uh, hopefully, uh, you guys will come out and follow me. And I I try to put some some photos out there and talk about some things that are all relative to the Lakers and Twitter. Make him verified. He deserves it. Thank you, people. Thank you very much, big baby.
0: All right, thanks for coming on. Talk to you soon, man. Take care, kid.